It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, because of power, the man, the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. All right, John, we back, man. It's a big week for us, bro. It's a big week. You know, you know who's around the corner. <laughs> it's that, oh. it's that, it's that dreadful, hated, disgusting enemy i have to live in this state i have to look at all the gear every single place that i go i can't it is gross my man it is gross i am ready for this week though i've never felt ready for a week against the patriots in my life but i'm ready how are you feeling dude i am so excited that you're pumped up for a jets patriots game because you're usually the pessimist here so that, <laughs> that gets me hyped from you know from the beginning and man i I've been screaming six and three for so long through this bye week. Like I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready for this game as well. If I'm being honest with you, I may or may not have rewatched, you know, the, I'm sure it's going to come up today with the last time the Jets beat the Patriots, a little Mark Sanchez action, three touchdowns, career high. You know what I'm saying? There was a McCordy, uh, on the other side there. They had a nice defense. It, it was, it was, it was, it was just really similar. So. Uh, I've been getting myself hyped up as well. I've been watching all the Billy B press conferences. I can't stand him and it just, it gets me so hyped. Like he gets, it's almost like WrestleMania or like wrestling when we were kids. Oh, yeah. where like the mm. other person would just say so, so many like ridiculous things, like a boxing, uh, match where the other person just say so many. So you have so much animosity. Like I can't stand Bill Belichick and like where he's talking about the Jets or the Jets. I, oh goodness. I can't stand him. So, so I'm ready as well. And. We honestly have a great guest because last time he was on, he got us again. He he was talking a lot of smack about the Jets, and he was right about that part. He was wrong about the part with the Patriots. So we'll, you know we'll, we'll get into all that. So I'm uh, just as a, as I am excited about this Jets Patriots game because the Jets can go from first in the division or last in the division and have the playoffs with just a win or a loss. I'm also really excited. With the guests we got on here because for sure there's so much to talk about up and down the board for sure and for everyone we got a returning guest friend of the pod this man has got he, he, he is climbing the ranks my, my guy he is climbing the ranks we, we got the one and only shukri writes play-by-play broadcaster and commentator for brown university bears bu athletics he's you can find him on espn plus this man's an on-air host for WMFO. He's a Bleacher Report insider. He's a podcaster for Believe Network. Is there anything you don't do, Shukri? Is there anything no- you don't do? That's, that's a, a big question now. He's the number one Bruins fan, I, I would say. Uh, like, ri- riding through, like, with, with public relations, riding through videos every single morning, just like a hello to Bruins fans, like pump-ups for the day. He's, he's really doing it all out there. <laughs> Uh, first and foremost, uh, hello everybody. Thank you for having me back on. It's been, it's been a, it's been quite a journey the last year. Um, since I, since I was last on, it's been, uh, life changing in every way. And uh, to answer your question, um, about like, is there anything that I don't do? It's like, listen, this, this industry, this sports media industry is a grind and, and people think that though, you just make videos and 
that's all there is to you. It's like, no, like you are horrifically mistaken because I, because I, I do radio shows. I've done on national level. I've done, I do podcasts. I'm for the Believe uh, Network. Um, that's, that's called, Bo- I believe in B- Boston betting, which you can find on iHeartRadio. And that's where a lot of my listeners li- on tune in and listen on iHeartRadio. And it's been, it's been a blast. It's been a, a, a grind. I tell you that for sure. And, and also, man, the last time that I was on, I don't, my broadcasting career hadn't even really begun to take shape yet. So to, to say that a lot has changed since the last time that I was on with you guys is probably an understatement. And I really do think that. Yeah. Well, look, we're here, man, to really get into this Jets Patriots stuff. We're happy to have yeah. you back. We're happy to see you keep climbing the ladder and accomplish so many great things. But God damn it, this is Jets Patriots week, so we're going to get into this. <laughs> there's no, there's nice. no better person nice to get into all, to all this with you, Shu. All right. So, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk about this game. All right. Patriot, yeah. Patriots are minus three at home. The AFC East is on the line. Jets Patriots, man. What's up? What's going on? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't start by talking about the fact that because of the Bills' epic choke at home against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, that this division has become absolutely interesting. Because, listen, I thought that when the season began that it was going to be the Bills' division to lose, and I, st- and I still feel that way. But now, with the season that the, that the New York Jets have had, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said that I'm not pleasantly surprised. I really have been very much surprised. And what I'm not surprised by is the, what the New England Patriots, um, currently find themselves in, like, like what they are and where they are currently, not just necessarily in the standings. But if you told me that this team would be five and four, last place in the division, I probably would have not have believed you. I would have said third place. Yeah, maybe, but. Last place at five and four, you're above 500. It goes to show you that the AFC East right now is one of the two best divisions of football. The other one being the NFC East. <laughs> and as far as the Jets and the Patriots are concerned, let's start, let's start here. I talked about in my video a few weeks ago on the, which you can find on Twitter. I talked about how the, the, the Jets front seven has been a force, probably the best front seven in the AFC. That's not the Buffalo Bills. And I said going into that game that the front seven was going to be a problem. It was going to create problems for the offensive line that has been um, beleaguered at times this season. And I think that this game on Sunday at Gillette, between the Jets and Patriots, it's going to be, come down to the battle of two, of these two factors here. Number one, the front seven of the Jets versus the offensive line for the New England Patriots. That's number one. Number two, and this is probably the most underrated aspect of the matchup that I think that a lot of people aren't talking enough about, and that is the secondary of the New York Jets versus the Everyone. receiving core the, the, in the <laughs> offense of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Because as much as, as we may joke around, but I'll say this on a serious note, 
I can't remember a time since the early 2010s where, where you've seen a secondary this good. And of course, I'm talking about Sauce Gardner, who is by far the best corner the Jets had since Darrell Rivas, a future Hall of Famer. And, and, and that's really saying something. So this matchup between the Jets and Patriots on Sunday is going to be really interesting for a variety of reasons. Obviously, there's a chance that the Jets, they, if they're with a win, they could be seven and three and the Patriots could fall to five, 505 and five. But between the battle of the quarterbacks between Zach Wilson and the, the, um, the, 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 I, I guess you could say like the, just the overall, just falling apart of Mac Mac Jones, um, as well has mm. really been a big story here, and the once upon a time quarterback controversy, as well between him and Bailey Zappi. So, it's a lot of things to look out for between the Jets and Patriots this Sunday. So that's actually a good segue to the quarterback controversy that the Patriots have had this season. How do you feel about Mac Jones and Zappi? Like, is there? Is the controversy died down? Is there still a controversy? Are you thinking that the Patriots got to go back into the draft to look for another quarterback? What, what are the whole thoughts? To be frank with you, I think that controversy hasn't really died down. Mm. It has, but it's not a fever pitch as it was when Bailey Zappi was starting in replace of, um, of, of Mike Jones when he was injured. He had that high ankle sprain. And you know what's interesting? in my mind, is that this was going to be a question even after he had returned. Can he limit the turnovers? Can he produce in the red zone? Because the turnovers prior to his injury was a problem. And I talked about this. Even when he returned, and I'm like, man, if he can't, if he can't not turn over the football, especially in the red zone. I'm sorry, but this is this is a recipe for disaster. And some Patriots fans will say, well, what is it going to do with a banged up offensive line? Well, you can play with a bad offensive line, but turnovers ultimately kill you in the NFL. But then also, I go back to the game against the, the Indianapolis Colts two weeks ago, and I can't help but to but to feel that if there's number one, there's a number one concern that I have for the Patriots going into this game against the Jets, easily red zone offense. Because this team has become too reliant on the leg of Nick Folk. And kicking field goals is not going to win you games in the NFL. It's just not. And to top it all off in conclusion of this point, I genuinely wonder if the regression of Mac Jones, and that's the word I wanted to use was regression. If the regression of Mac Jones has all to do with who Bill Belichick brought onto the, onto the coaching staff in Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, or what we saw last year was the ceiling for what Mac Jones could potentially be as a starting quarterback in the NFL. It- Listen, you, there's so much to break down here, but yeah. overall, I want to start off with, I love that this is where you're coming from for yeah. this time that you're on this show, because last time you were here, it was Mac Jones is here. 
He's ready to go. He's about to run through the system. He he he's the truth because he was he was doing well, right? He was yeah. being the game manager, and he was honestly he was doing fine, and he was doing everything that everyone needed the Patriots to do post Tom Brady. And and then they spent the tight on the tight ends, and they did all this weird stuff, and everyone was defending it because it's Bill Belichick. And now we're here. Mm. I wasn't the only. I wasn't one that was defending it. I was like, this is concerning. Because any time that you're that you're spending money at a exorbitant level in free agency, it's not a good sign. Yeah, not so bad. Sign. And you know what else isn't a good sign? And where, as Jets fans, we could really, really show you the way here. When you have mm-hmm. two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Oh yeah, I said this. <laughs> I said this. I said this like literally. Um, it may not have been on specifically on that Monday night game against the Bears with the game that I was at. But I've said this during that stretch. I'm like, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. And I <laughs> yeah. even said that um in a recent podcast interview what I did with Sammy P of Nesson and Fox Sports on a on a Believe in Boston betting podcast. And I and and I we both agreed on that very focal point. If you got two quarterbacks, you got literally none. And and here's the problem that I also find with this situation. These last few games or as you could say the unofficial second half of the season for the Patriots I feel like this is a make or break time for the organization for a variety of reasons and it's not just only limited to just the, the, the Patriots versus Jets although I'm not minimizing the the, the enormity or the or the significance of this game because obviously it's a divisional game that's number, that's number one number two out of nowhere, the, suddenly there is a path for the Patriots to actually make the playoffs, which will be a miracle in its own right. That's number two. Considering all things, lastly, number three, I look at this matchup and I say to myself, if you are a neutral observer, which which position would you rather be right now? If you're looking at it from a organizational standpoint, would you rather be in a Patriots position right now or would you be, would you rather be in the Jets position right now? And even as a, as a Patriots fan right now, being blunt, I would, I would rather be in the Jets position right now than to be in the Patriots position. And the reason is this, and it's very simple. It's no hot take. The reason is because at least with Robert Sala, you already See that there's, there's organization. There's already, you know, who's your offensive coordinator. You know, who's your defensive play caller. You know what you have on your coaching staff. Meanwhile, here in New England, you don't know what the fuck you have. And part of me, for, 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 for me cursing, but oh, uh, let's, let's just be real. Who's your offensive coordinator for the Patriots? I don't know. I don't know. Yo, who's your defensive co- play? Who's defensive coordinator? I don't know. Is it Steve Belichick? That's like, the genius, bro. That's the genius in the hoodie that just mumbles. That's not to the you. genius. That 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 that's the dumbassery in the, in the hoodie. I love that. Like, oh man, let's, I, you're, you're, let's, this, let's, this, this, this podcast. Let's just be is no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like John, last see, this is where we go back to last year when I was on the pod last year. I mean, I was talking. A, I was talking a lot of shit. Oh please! Oh, you oh, were yeah. you were spicy. Oh, oh yeah, I was talking a lot, a lot of shit. But you know what's amazing? What about what life does in a year? It gives you perspective to be able to like just take a step back and look at things in plain sight. Something that a lot of people in Boston can't seem to do, 
especially when it comes to the Patriots in that regard. Like, before, how do I put this? Before the season of 2021, mm-hmm. when the Patriots went on that spinning spree in the offseason, they bring in Hunter Henry, they sign John o. Smith, and, you know, they also, they, they also go out and, and, and they get another receiver, um, as well, Kendrick Bourne as well. But that's just the, the name of some of the free agents that the Patriots have signed as part of the spinning spree. The thing that I keep coming back to was why didn't the Patriots draft better at the key premium positions? And then Josh McDaniels leaves to go to, to goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. We all know how much of an object failure that has been so far. But here's even the bigger question. Why did you turn to two former head coaches who were failed head coaches with the Giants and as well as the Detroit Lions, respectively, and have him work with a quarterback that you need to, to level up in year number two? Instead, He's gone more, he's gone more backwards than a Michael Jackson moonwalk. That's just, that's just the reality. So a year ago, I was talking shit. Hell yeah. Now I'm like, well, what's the point of me talking shit when the reality has, has sunk in, at least for a lot of us that are in the media versus as a fan, you're like, Mac Jones is that guy. It's, it's not his fault, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that, that's debatable. That's very debatable. But I rest my case. I, I, I love that the, that from your perspective, the Patriots are in shambles. The fan base or the media has finally realized that Bill Belichick cannot draft. I've been screaming it for at least saying, five I've years. I've been saying this for a while. I love this. And you can't, can't, can't draft receivers. I've been very consistent. Anyone. No, 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 you can't draft anyone. You can't draft anyone. He's, he, the Patriots are the worst drafters of the last decade. It's actually hilarious how bad they are, but you could always go back on the Tom Brady pick, which was absolutely ridiculous and you could lean on it. And he does all this tomfoolery at every single press conference, which really pisses me off this week, especially with all the jet stuff he's got going on. He started with the CJ Mosley stuff uh, the week before the bye week. And, you know, I'm so glad that the Patriots are against the wall here because just like the Patriots did to the Colts, where you, they, like, you just went in there, you ruined the Colts organization, and you just tore it apart because how bad that looked. I'm hoping for that, but it, it doesn't have to be a blowout for that to happen for the Jets and the Patriots because, I mean, all that talk about how, you know, a couple of years ago it was the homecoming, you know, you guys want to be the homecoming for the Jets game. Mm. Patriots players are talking all that nonsense, all the ref stuff going on every single time here uh, we play, right? So last game we had a couple ref, ref, referee, you know, plays. We won't get too into it, but the reality of the situation is Zach Wilson has seven interceptions against the Patriots in, in, in two appearances. So he's, he's back to the wall as well. This is for all the marbles. And honestly, at the end of the day, we're kind of similar, right? We have, we're good up front. We're not so great. Against a run. The, the advantages, I have to say, the adva- obviously besides the skill players, where it's obviously advantage Jets, in my opinion, at All least. Right. Mm-hmm. The defense for us, as you mentioned, the secondary, that's our strength. That's where we obviously are over the top. But yo, oh yeah. Let's just get into this real quick here. 
Matthew Judon, the red sleeves. I go, I've, I've been joking around. I all, that's my nightmare this week. All I've been thinking about is the red sleeves. That's all I hope everyone's thinking about. If we stop the red sleeves, we could honestly take down the Patriots because you said Nick Folk can't win you games. That was the last thing that he did to us. He won, he won them the game. Thank you, Alex. Not, That's literally the whole Jones. game was Nick it Falk. Wasn't all Matt I Jones. did, Shukri, I was at the game. All I'm doing is I'm watching Nick Falk kick. Oh, my God. Oh, kick again. We stop him. Our referee gives the Jets the ball back. All right. Another Nick Falk. It was like, it was literally my whole life as a Jets fan in one hat. In one quarter. <laughs> like in one Basically game. It was just Nick Falk making kicks for the stupid Patriots and said, referee stuff, a pick six back, uh, a, a penalty that makes no sense. Yo, mm-hmm. like, if you want to look at me in the eye and tell me that that C.J. Mosley on Mac Jones was a penalty when he went in head first and he ducked into C.J. Mosley going for the first down, and you that you you got more points off of that another Nick no. Folk field goal. I mean, it's insane. And, it was, you know, what's funny, and I'm glad you brought that out, John. In all seriousness, that was that wasn't a penalty. I knew in my heart of hearts, like, no, they the Patriots definitely got away with one, but that wasn't the reason why the Patriots won that game. In all seriousness, like, Zach Wilson. because because like, there you go. Yeah, no, Zach Wilson sucked that game. Like, like Zach, Zach Wilson was atrocious. Seven like, interceptions versus the Patriots, bro. There's no excuse. There's no, there's right. no, that's why we could talk about everything. There's no excuse. Seven interceptions, but he's scared of Matt Judon. I would be too. <laughs> and here's, and here's the thing. Like, with, in, in, in this podcast, I would, I've made it a conscientious point. Like, I'm not coming to you guys with, as a Patriots fan. I'm coming to you guys like, like, no, as a matter of fact, this is what I see. And, and like, and whoever here in Boston is going to watch or listen to the podcast that's going to get angry at me or whatever. I'm like, listen, here's a finger to you. Fuck your feelings. I'm going to tell you exactly what I, what I think and what I honestly feel, feel deep down inside. Like, this is what I already do to begin with already to, to piss off the masses. Like, take your feelings and shove it away. The sun don't shine. I don't care. The fact of the matter is this. When it comes to the Patriots and where they currently are right now versus what what the where the Jets are right now, I feel like with Zach Wilson, you could actually see that he has a lot more growth to do, and he's just starting. He's just starting. Where whereas with, with Mac Jones, I genuinely wonder is what we did what we saw in twenty twenty one. Was that the best that we were going to ever see from Mac Jones? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I admit that. But I also wonder, did, the, did this drop-off in production and decision-making come from the lack or the lack of having like an offensive coordinator? Or did it boil down to just bad decision-making? Because it's been bad decision-making for a lot of the chunks of the season, I've been I've been to two games, two home games so far. Mm-hmm. I've been to the others, like a couple of others tailgating or whatnot. And for the games that I was at, especially the home opener against Baltimore, it was decision making more than anything else. It was not, it was not. Oh wow, poor um, playmaking, blah blah blah. Like although it had it had a factor, but the interceptions, the turnovers. And then when you get into the, into the red zone, and this is the thing that worries me the most, especially when you're facing up against a team, like the Jets, they're not a pushover. And the people that are saying, oh, the Jets are going to, are going to be the Jets. I've been a firm believer in this statement, like 
in your coach sports said that. Like forever. Your coach, it's not even the fans. That, your coach said that, that today. But but I hate it. Right, so right, much. right. <laughs> but I've been a believer in this statement for the longest of time, and that is every dog has its day. You can beat a dog down as many times only, but for so long. But there's gonna come a day that that dog is gonna get up and, and and literally bite back, and it might just be be at your juggler vein where you may bleed out and die. <laughs> Hate to be morbid, but the Jets are that dog that's been beating down for so long, and that day may be the Sunday where they may just jump up and bite at the juggler vein of the New England Patriots. So, with all of that being said, I look at this and I say, you know what? If the Jets are going to win this game, one of two things is going to have to happen. When when the Jets win this game? If the Jets are going to win this game, <laughs> there's a page. I said I, I said what I said. <laughs> Bet if they are going to win this game, one of two things are going to have to happen. Number one, the secondary for the New York Jets are going to have to make it a living nightmare for Mac Jones. That's number one. Easy. Number two. If the Jets are going to win this game, this other factor I do genuinely believe it's going to be so important. The Jets are going to have to find a way to run that ball because losing Bryce Hall, absolute fucking killer for that run, for, for that running offense, for that rushing offense. It just is because he was balling before he got hurt. And so we, so yeah, we traded he, for James Robinson and, and, and him and Michael Carter. Is an okay one two punch. Yeah, it's not, not the same. Hall. It's not Brees Hall. No, it, not not fine. the same. No, it's 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 definitely not the same because Brees Hall has that that home run ability. Yeah, that that, that explosive that I haven't seen in a Jets running back since Curtis Martin. Thank you for reading my fucking mind. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. And Curtis Martin, no, he is. Is, no, a hall, well, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, like, well, and for good reason. Like Bruce, I haven't seen that in a long time, and like losing him is like damn. That's going to be the thing that Jets have to find a way to run the ball on Sunday against his Patriots on front seven and wish that they have gotten gashed on the ground time and time again. At one point, they were allowing over 100 yards per, on the ground per game, despite having one of the on the premier pass rushes in the NFL and Matthew Judon. But still, they were getting gashed up the middle at one point. For sure. And like for for the Jets, when it comes to like Brees Hall, like, He's a guy, he's a bell cow, man. He can carry oh, yeah. the ball 20 times. You know, you put Michael Carter in there for like five, uh, maybe even 10 because the Jets do like to run the ball, but losing him has, has been tough. But we saw James Robinson and we saw Michael Carter do a really good job against the Buffalo Bills. And sure, the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills are, are, you know, they, they have their own injuries and whatnot. Jets got their own injuries. So I don't really want to hear that. Um, Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the Jets were able to play against. One of the top teams in the AFC, NFL, and they were able to win and they were able to maintain time of possession for over 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. that's impressive. So I think James Robinson and Michael Carter can get it done because James, Rob- I mean, they're both not slouches. If anything, it's like, it's like having a two A and a two B, you know, that they're, mm. they're pretty consistent. That's yeah. what it is. And, and we can even have someone at that type of level just to, that's interchangeable. That's very helpful. The question, as we keep coming back down to, is Zach Wilson, right? Can Zach Wilson actually protect the ball? Can he actually get it to his receivers? Can he not feel the pressure? Because the one thing that Bill Belichick did against Zach Wilson, he's done twice now, is that he's able to get 
the defensive line, the defensive line is so good to get pressure on him, but then he'll just stunt. That defensive line will stunt, and there's no even pressure, and then Zach Wilson is just terrified and just starts oh, rolling yeah. out and starts throwing and, and doing things he doesn't need to do, and he starts to forget his old mechanics. He doesn't have the back foot set. He starts doing the thing that I really hate, which draft analysts like to say, oh, you can throw off platform. Well, off platform doesn't help in the NFL. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care that he could throw in the, in the air. Only a few people can do that. And Patrick Mahomes is one of the very few. So it really comes down to Zach Wilson. I think the running game will be there, but obviously you can't, we can't do what the Patriots did against the Buffalo Bills and run it an entire game. That, oh, that's, no. that's not, mm. that's not realistic. So I really, we're really focusing on Zach Wilson today. And is it not knows? realistic? Is it not realistic? Cause that's exactly. How we beat the Buffalo Bills that last drive, we actually ran the same exact run play five times in a row. Yeah, but you and still, but you still had to have like Zach Wilson throw it like twenty times. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at least he had twenty attempts. You, you, you know that there's there's like some sort of balance that has to come out here with that. Yes. twenty attempts and maybe fourteen or fifteen completions. Like I, I think that's bare minimum. Like complete seventy five percent of your passes. Like, I don't think that's asking too much. I think that's very much reasonable. And I mean, they don't have, you don't have to like throw like the home run, like ball or whatnot. Like you just short intermediate passes and, you know, make the Patriots defense like adjust accordingly. And, and you talk about like the secondary for the Patriots and the secondary for the Patriots has nothing to, to sneeze at either. Like, like you, I really like what I've seen. Um, in the secondary, especially from like, from like Jack Jones or like, um, Devin McCourty and, and like, I mean, <laughs> we can sit here and we can talk about, um, uh, what, what, what Jalen Mills, um, had been able to do at times and, and, and everything else. Like, but it's just, it's like the Patriots have found a way to like show up the secondary, but this is where I think like if you are, if you are like the, the Jets, you got to try to exploit them at least. Through like the short intermediate passes, otherwise you're not going to be able to get much going in terms of like being able to to like make that home run on like throw down the field for 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 big yardage gain and yeah, so like it depends what what happens and we'll we'll see what what happens we go from there. So so since that game, Zach Wilson's improved uh, how fast he gets rid of the ball. Uh, he got got rid of it almost a second faster, and since then he's been really improving. Uh, has had no mm. turnovers. Uh, the Jets been moving the ball. James Robinson week, week, another bye week to get acclimated mentally and physically. The Jets are as healthy as ever. Sheldon Rankins, our defensive tackle is out. That's the only thing we have Tanzel Smart in there. Uh, otherwise, our right guard, he, uh, Nate Herbig has been great. He didn't practice, but the coach said he's going to be all right. Yeah. Elijah Moore going into the slot. The Patriots are pretty healthy, except for your defensive tackle. He might be sick, uh, mm-hmm. which would be huge for us, uh, especially against the run. Uh, but we'll see about that. But otherwise, it's 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 mano y mano. It's another rematch. It's going to be another low-scoring game. The Jets, again, have a chance to put it to the big brother is what it is. 13 straight losses. I'm watching playoff games. Uh, from, uh, NFL plus barely has it. Like I'm only two years away from them getting rid of it. I'm, I'm just going, like, I barely have it. I'm watching it. I'm going through it. It's, it's the same defense. It's the same offense. So oh, yeah. Patrick does, d- does have a point where he says the Jets are the Jets, but the Patriots are the Patriots. It's, they're running the same exact stuff. It's just way different when you see Tom Brady do it. Uh, but anyway, 
I think the Jets are going to get going to Gillette and they're going to win. And I think they're going to be first place in the AFC. I, I think the Patriots are going to easily recover from this. I know you said you were worried about, uh, Patriots in the playoffs. I don't think they have a, they have a nice schedule coming up. Uh, Bill Belichick, nice schedule coming up. I know they have the Vikings coming up after. We got a very difficult um, stretch coming up of games, like Belichick's, including Belichick's not going to lose the rookie head coach, man. Don't be ridiculous. Like <laughs> I'm just really? saying. I'm just saying. Really? I mean, McDaniel, think, does McDaniel count? Listen, like, McDaniel, I'm, I'm not even thinking about it so much in terms of like the, like the, the Raiders. I'm not even worried about that in terms of, in, in terms of just what I was about to say. But when you look at after the, like after the Jets game and this, we can even include the Jets in this, in this regard, the Jets. And then you also have. Um, I think like the, the following weekend, we got things playing things like in Minnesota mm-hmm. against the Vikings. That's a massive, massive matchup. And right now to me, I think it's a mismatch. And then also on Thursday night, we got next Thursday night, the December 1st game. We got the Bills at home. Mm-hmm. And then we got to travel out west to the Cardinals and the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. And we still got another game to play at home against the Miami Dolphins as well. So with all of that being said, I just think that right now, and as well, the, the, the Patriots, they also have another game against the Buffalo Bills in, in their regular season finale. So I look at this and I say to myself, man, if the Patriots didn't use their bye week to, to do some serious self-evaluating, they're not going to go very far in terms of the playoff picture or even make the playoffs. Because the reality is like the, the rest of the schedule, I saw this earlier in which they have the second most difficult schedule in the NFL in terms of win opponents winning percentage combined is in the 600s, like low 600s, but they have the second most difficult in the NFL. And I just went through like basically all of the opponents. Yeah. Like those are big deals. Uh, I mean, I, I, listen, nothing would make me happier than the Jets starting the downfall of, uh, you know, of, of this last, you know, last era push of, of the Patriots. What do you, what do you honestly think is going to happen in this game? What, what, what do you expect from the Patriots in this rematch? You saw how the first game went. Right. I know you, I know you watch football. I don't, I don't need your opinion. I know you know who, which team looked actually better on the field, but the Patriots mm-hmm. won the game. So what do you think is actually going to happen in this game? Zero zero. We're not gonna have hot showers in Gillette. We already know. I'm sure the bench, the heat's not gonna work on the benches. We already know that the ref calls are gonna be crazy. We we already know everything is against us here. Thirteen straight. I would have said that didn't matter, but you know the weather just changed within a week so quickly. We went from seventy last week up here to now to now freezing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. freezing. So what do you think, man? It'll be an interesting game. What do you think is going to happen, man? What do you think? To be frank, I think that the Patriots could very possibly lose this game. And I, I'll say that because I do think that if you are the Patriots, you have, you have some legitimate questions that I need answered. I think all Patriot fans need to have answered, um, heading into this game, especially for the home stretch of the regular season. I'm not saying here, I'm saying that, oh, I'm rooting for the Jets to lose. No. 
But I'm telling you from, from what I truly see and have seen from this entire season so far, I think that this, if, if Zach Wilson does not turn over the ball, this could very possibly be a, a game that the, that the Patriots may find themselves like completely overwhelmed because I do think that, that even though the Patriots, they do have some weapons, but they're not explosive weapons. And I do think that even though Elijah Moore isn't like a home run threat, so to speak, but he is the Jets version of, of Julian Edelman, so to speak, in terms of being a really good slot receiver that could, that could cause problems, especially over the middle of the field. And I just think that like if you, if I'm the Patriots, that you do spend a little extra time on, on like film figuring out like what can work this time and what won't work. Because I do think the Jets are going to come out swinging, looking to make a statement very early on in the game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and I'm, I'm so sick of this Bill Belichick calling timeouts because you saw our plays. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of the nonsense, man. I just want a nice, clean game. Can we have a nice, clean game with you guys? So annoying. You guys are so damn annoying. I and can't when you say this clean, franchise. you mean like lack of like lack of drama type of game or like no ref nonsense. No, uh, you know, you guys saw our plays and call the timeout so you could readjust. None of that. Just a, a nice, clean game. If, if it's Nick Folk, if he ends up beating us again, so be it. If Mac Jones actually if beats Nick us, so Folk be it. Ends up beating us again. I I'm gonna laugh my ass to the freaking. I'll need bank. I'll need I the ambulance you. to come pick me up. I'll need the ambulance to come pick me up if Nick Folk beats us again. Oh yeah. But but look, I think for this game. Personally, I think the Jets. I think the Jets are going to win this one. I think Zach Wilson has. A, there's, there's definitely yeah. there's there's definitely a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to go out there. All he needs to do is just play within the within his envelope. Just do nothing crazy. Just do what. Use his skill sets. Be productive. Mm-hmm. Don't be over aggressive. Make the smart plays. Protect the ball. That's it. Just comes down to protecting the ball. Oh, yeah. I think for 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 you, shoot. When it comes down to like, how do you evaluate the Patriots? Yeah. You know, I, it, it like, it comes as a Jets fan and, and seeing when we had Sanchez and going through that era and hearing like, we went through the whole Schottenheimer world. Oh, well, we need someone better because Schottenheimer's not the right dude to really help Mark Sanchez and all. Oh, this yeah. Stuff. And then I was the coordinator last time we beat them. I, I know. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? And, and, and the joke is that we're like, we complain that this guy was not it. Somehow, I think the fans got him fired, and then oh. next thing you know, it everything starts to go haywire. So, as much as it could be, you know, uh, the, the the coordinators that you have for the Patriots, you also got to look at the quarterback too. Like at the end of the day, Mark Sanchez wasn't it. <laughs> like there was a cap that we saw that cap the first two years, and that's mm-hmm. it. And that could be the same thing for for Mac Jones too, because when you start seeing. Poor decision making, which is what happened to Sanchez. You know, Sanchez just had some place where it was like, "What is going on? Like, what the hell were you do? What the hell were you thinking? Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. So that that mm-hmm. that is what I think for for Patriots like. Zach Wilson did that too, but he but but at least he pulled back a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, 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 so you think bit. you think we're gonna win this game? Oh yeah, it's gonna be a blood It's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna oh be a my tough god! Yeah. for real, for I real. Think I think it's gonna be, it's oh, gonna yeah. be tight. Yeah, it has to yeah. be tight. 20, 2017 Jets is what I'm going. 
Oh, okay, okay. That's not a bloodbath. I was thinking 24-20. Oh, no. Defensively, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going yeah. it, it, to it's come down to who's, who makes a turnover, who makes mm-hmm. that crucial turnover. 24-20 for shoe. And what do you got, Alex? 2017 Jets. 20-17. Mm. You do another 22, John? <laughs> I think I'm going to do 22-17 again. I'm just going to wow. ride it out with 22-17 Jets. <laughs> I, I listen this 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 is a start man uh shoe i love that the two jets that you mentioned on this mm-hmm. podcast whether it was intentional or not were the two jets that we share with the patriots and darrell revis and curtis martin oh, sure of course. On purpose. <laughs> so, like, it, it, oh, wait, i don't even, had... even realize it until you now mention i was like you're right damn <laughs> yeah except the, the, the only difference is that we took curtis martin from the patriots the patriots took darrell revis from the jets well, yeah, listen, right, we're, but... we're putting him in our ring of honor next week. So this, this, this could be a huge, a huge start for the Jets. And regardless of how this game goes, mm-hmm. it's huge for the Jets to have this playoff atmosphere. It, it, they had the playoff atmosphere with Buffalo, uh, mm-hmm. last game at home yeah. when I was there. They had the playoff atmosphere, uh, in Green Bay when I was there. Honestly, it did feel like a playoff game. And they were booing Aaron Rodgers at home, which was insane. Mm-hmm. And then now we have a, we have the Patriots in Gillette and our backs against the wall, and we need this win, and we know what's at stake, man. Regardless of how this game goes, this game is going to be re- really important for how we actually end up. Jets win first in the AFC, but shoot! Now that the Jets have won this game already, uh, we'll just move on really quick to a different sport. You've been really busy uh, these last uh, couple weeks, uh, yeah. More off the ice stuff, uh, which is crazy because the Bruins are probably having one of the best years that I can remember, one of the best starts in a long time. Uh, my Rangers, not so much. Uh, but really quick, I, I found out personally, uh, about this whole, uh, Mitchell Miller stuff. Uh, honestly, from you, just like reading all this stuff, you were writing letters, uh, to the Bruins organization. Videos going off, really setting the fan base off. Um, kind of starting this, this whole hurrah. And I, it's so funny because at first I was like, who is this guy? Uh, this is kind of weird. Maybe it'll be better if they just like kind of don't, uh, go off, you know, like maybe, maybe like don't like, uh, project his name. Cause now like somebody mm-hmm. like me now knows who this guy is. You know what I mean? Like, right. but then, like, then you start reading the story. Then you start reading what's going on. And then you, fi- and then you find out that, uh, you hear the other side of the story, right? We got a statement from the other side. So you want to just tell us, uh, real quick about, about, uh, the, the, the little controversy with the Bruins and kind of your role in the whole situation. Um, let me first start off by saying that it wasn't like a, a little, um, controversy. It was, um, and this is no shot at you at all. Like this is this was a really big story. Um, not just only like number one, obviously in the hockey um world for sure, but this became a really big like human interest story as well. Um, like locally, um, in which in which that the Bruins really really screwed themselves up big time by signing um Mitchell Miller and. And what, 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 the thing that I, I'm gonna, I wanna always remember this from like two weeks ago, um, when this happened was I remember like I had that afternoon, I had turned off my phone 
for almost two hours because I had some I had some matters I needed to take care of, and I turned my phone on, unbeknownst to me that the news had already broken, and I had people um, tweet at me and my mentions on Twitter, and and they're like, "Shoot, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts?" I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And I saw the news story. I was like, "Mitchell Miller." Let me go and look this up real quick. And I saw that this was the same guy I remember a couple of years ago who was initially drafted by the Arizona Coyotes, but the Coyotes basically rescinded their pick. And I was like, you're bringing in this guy into the... I went into a state of rage that I can't remember a single story has brought out of me before. Like it was, it was bad. I was genuinely angry then. I'm still pissed off about it now and it's not going to go away. It hasn't gone away. Although I haven't really spent a whole lot of time covering it as I initially did in the, in the initial early days of this situation. But I just think that the Bruins really let down a lot of people, especially hockey fans of color. Um, African American hockey fans, disabled fans, who like as as you, as you may know, um, Isaiah Isaiah um Maya Crowther's like he's developmentally disabled, and it was just a massive slap in the face to to like to everyone that that's like impacted that, and I just felt that, and a lot of Bruin fans just were like so angry that Friday and even even now that they're still pissed off about it that hasn't really changed but I'm talking I'm going back to specifically the day of the news like Bruin fans were as angry as I can remember about any particular story in matter and probably ever and I had someone who um who reached out to me that Friday night it was I was out in, in the seaport and I was just, I just needed to just be out and just try to clear my mind off of things. Cause like I was, I was pretty, um, emotional, emotionally charged rather. And, um, someone reached out to me in private and said, Hey, um, I was able to get a hold of the police report. And when I saw the police report, I knew then that this, this wasn't about me. This wasn't, you already knew that before. Obviously without that doesn't need to be explained, but, but I knew that I needed to get this information out there. I'm like, this, this was something that I, that I, that people need to see. And I just, I just thought that it was funny that there's, you know, you always want to have those, those morons, a very small percentage of them that's going to ask you like, what are you trying to gain from this? Like, what exactly is there for me to gain? What exactly is there to gain from, from, from like, from someone who went through six years of racial abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse? Like, no, this wasn't just some mistake that a kid made at 14 years old. Six years of physically, emotionally, psychologically abusing someone and racially, racially abusing someone. That's not a mistake. That's a choice. That is a choice that you consciously made day in and day out, and you and you show absolutely little to no remorse for it whatsoever. So 
that Saturday morning, I remember I, I was like, I was genuinely mad. Like I remember waking up being in just a very angry place and I just went on this rampage where I did not mince words. I did not hold back with how I felt. And that morning I was just in the process of trying to get myself uh, ready for the day. Because I, I had an interview um, as part of a documentary that I was a part of. And I remember um, the mother of Isaiah, Joni, she reached out to me. She reached out to me via email. Somehow, somehow in a way that I did, I didn't see coming. I, I didn't even expect, but the mother reached out to me and I just remember like just being blown away. And she, I'm going to just paraphrase what she told me. She was just like, listen, I appreciate the fact that you're standing up for my son. And that it hit me because it was just like, I wasn't doing this looking for attention. It was never about that. I've been a, I've been a black hockey fan for at least more than, more than half of my life. And stories like this hits home for a sport that is predominantly white and has not always been welcoming to fans or even players of color. So for the mother, who um, reached out to me? Like it, it, it touched me so. It touched me so much that like I actually got emotional because it was just like, look, um, I want some kid that's out there, some young child, male or female, or, or whatever they identify as, to be able to see someone that looks like them, and and know that they are that. They are heard and accounted for and cared for and loved for, you know, being able to use their platform to be able to talk about what, what has um, transpired and the anger that, that resonate and that still resonates and to be used it in a way that not only like, you know, brings people together, but it helps unify people as well. I think that in itself is something that I am. I don't think proud is something that I feel or pride that I feel, but I felt a, a sense of responsibility. And the reason why I felt a sense of responsibility was someone a few years ago, um, true story challenged me, said, Hey, you know, I want you to use your platform to speak out, speak out on important matters and important issues. And when that challenge was given to me, it was someone from back in New York. Um, I may add, I took it personal because I said, you know, the bigger the profile that I become, the bigger the name, the bigger the voice that I, um, that, that I grow into and as well as, um, I become in social media and even in, in, in media circles as well. Um, I think it's, I think it's important that you know how to use your platform wisely and accordingly. Um, and I think that in itself is why I wanted to really make it a point to, to share what I did. I said, Hey, I'm writing to the fan relations, um, of the Boston Bruins 
hey, I had a conversation with the mother of the child. And when you have, and this is why I feel like, and I feel very strongly what I'm about to say. And this is why I feel as strongly as I do. And I'm not, and I'm never going to expect simple minded people who constant, who purposely choose ignorance and hate above all else. But when you have a, when you interact and talk to a, to the parent of a child who went through something like that for six years, that changes your entire perception of the whole situation. That changes everything. That changes everything. And it changed. And I remember walking away from that conversation because the last thing I had asked her, I I said, listen, there are fans that are asking me that want to know, how can we support you at this time? And I'm asking her, I'm like, hey, how can I support you? She said, I'll just ask for one thing. Just pray because my son is not in a good space. It's not good. It's not in a good headspace right now. And that's, and, and that's just the power that I think that we, if we work together for, for what's right and for what's good that we all can potentially have. Doesn't matter how many followers you have on, on, on like Twitter or TikTok or whatnot. It's about being able to know how to use your platform or use it for, use it for good and use it for the betterment of people. Yeah. And you've done that, Shuker. You, you stood up for voice that. You know, needed to be need, needed speaking for, right? And that was difficult. And to you, that was that's it's it's great. And you use your platform for good, which you've talked about. And not only can I say that we're proud of you, but I'm sure that the Boston Bruins fan base is proud of you as well for for doing such thing. And even the NHL and anyone who's out there that that looks to be that looks to be. Not a hero, but to be an advocate for people who aren't able to speak for themselves, who don't have a voice, right? And that's what you did. And I think it's very important that we have these conversations and we bring these issues to light because there's some people who shouldn't have a platform like this guy who, you know, being on the Bruins coaching staff because of his, it's, it's not even wrongdoing. It's, it's pure torture. It's criminal. Honestly, in my opinion, yeah. because you shouldn't be treating anyone like that, you know. And I think you just did. I think you did a stand standout job, and, and thank you for doing that. No, it was, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was. It was pretty cool. Um, especially because, like, I again, I'm, I'm not. We're not really into the whole uh, hockey, uh, you know, fan base in general. We definitely don't know about uh draftees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we this this would have never been on our radar, especially because it's the Bruins. Uh, so it was really awesome that you uh, took that head on. And I mean, the stuff was absolutely heinous. Uh, and I, I mean, again, if you, if it was to another franchise, he could have just slipped through the cracks. You know, this might, this whole thing might not have happened and he could have just like went through, went through the minor leagues of the NHL and kind of made a team. And so, you know, it's really cool that you did that. It's really cool that you also put your neck out there. Cause I know that you're being kind of modest about, um, you know, the little percentage that you mentioned of people who are naysayers and like, you know, you, you kind of downplaying it. I'm sure, uh, that the stuff that I saw that you made public, you know, was pretty bad. I'm mm-hmm. sure there was other stuff on the side. So, uh, good on you for uh, taking that on your head. And honestly, like you are a diehard Bruins fan. It's so hard, uh, to go against your fan base. Like, for example, we had the whole Tyreek Hill thing, 
right? I mean, Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill's about to be a Jet, and we're all like, all right, like, you know, sounds good. You know, no one was going to be out here, you know, going hard, at, you know, and against, you know, Tyreek Hill coming to the Jets and for, for what reason and stuff like that. So, you know, there there is something to be said for stepping out and putting on your neck for, you know, maybe he is an actual good hockey player. You know what I mean? You know, that's why he got drafted. You know, maybe he's good at the actual sport. So it is really cool that uh, you kind of put your morals over uh, your sport. You know what I mean? Which is difficult to do sometimes. And we see it all the time, every single day in sports. You know what I mean? No, I get it. And I, I do, um, I, I genuinely do appreciate that. Um, cause like sometimes there are things that are bigger than sports. It's about life. It's about people, about how you, you know, how you deal, um, with like with people and how you choose to interact with people. And I think, and uh, listen, I'm not going to sit here and claim, cling on to any sort of, per, um, perfection at all. I'm not far from it. Um, but I, what I will say is that, um, more, really more than anything else, it, it was a, it was basically a call for action. It was really, um, more of like using what I've been blessed with and what I'm fortunate to have and speaking on such, especially something on a, on a, um, on such a deep level where I know I, I, I've personally felt like it affected me and it, and it did affect me and it affected me in, in such a way in which that, um, I don't think the job is done fully just yet. The team still currently has, uh, Mitchell Miller, but they are, it's only because of legality reasons and not simply just being able to like terminate the contract. But I do know that, um, that it does take guts because one, every anybody can be a tough guy or a harder on social media, and, I, and I've I've grown to know that over the last <laughs> like year and a half, especially being keyboard warriors. Really, exactly, yeah, keyboard this guy's warriors. This guy on Knicks fan TV getting screamed at every day. <laughs> like, I mean, that's it's so easy. Like, but and then there's another thing where I feel like it was I was reminded of that today, in which that like in in person where I have a lot more people that are approaching me um in public public settings and they just say hey are you so and so I'm like yes I'm like why and they're like no dude like what I'm such a huge fan of yours oh my god like can I can I just like talk to you for just a few and I was like sure or like can I get a photo with you or like you know like I really appreciate you and all that you're doing in terms of like your Bruins content and stuff like that and I'm not gonna lie, it's it's extremely humbling. Like it's extremely um it's powerful. It's powerful. Um there's no there's no other way to only really put it except that when you realize that that your outreach is far more wider than you could have anticipated, not just based on the number of followers, but the people that that see yourself. And I and I and I've tweeted this out many times. You don't know who's watching, you don't know you don't ever know who's watching or listening. And, and it's up to you to like speak. You can either do, do, you can either do one of two things, especially as men. I'm going to make this abundantly clear. You don't water your down. You don't water down yourself for no fucking body, period. I don't give a fuck like who it is out there. You don't water yourself down for nobody. If they can't handle you at a hundred proof, that's a, that's a them problem, not you. You learn to walk in your own power and your own authenticity. And you see how people begin to react to you. And when people see that you are genuine and you're sincere in who you are and, and, and what, and, and knowing 
of thyself ain't, ain't nothing ain't nothing that nobody no no goddamn troll or hater could ever say in in, in your face and in, 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 or, or even in real life because you know the value and the and the power that you carry and that you possess and on that note hear that Zach Wilson and you hear that Zach Wilson you silly, <laughs> you silly. And, on, and on that on that note that was a great Great way to end it, Shu. Please let our listeners know where they can find you and, and all your content. I appreciate that, Alex. Thank you. Um, you can find me at, on Twitter at Shukri Writes at S H U K R I W R G H T S with the blue check mark. Um, you can find uh, me on TikTok as well. Same handle, Shukri Writes. Um, you can find me on um, on, on Instagram at S Writes Radio underscore. You could also um, check out the podcast Believe in Believe in Boston Betting podcast on iHeartRadio. You could also listen to the Shukri Wright Show ninety one five WMFO, um, on in the Boston area on ninety one five WMFO, or you can stream it on on TuneIn Radio app, or you can listen to it on podcast um, format on iHeartRadio as well. Um, and the Shukri Wright's podcast in it by itself, you could also catch it on iHeartRadio and watch it on YouTube as well. Awesome. Shoot. Thank you so much for coming on and breaking down, you know, the, the Jets versus the Patriots game and really, really giving us an insight to this, uh, Mitchell Miller debacle. Yeah. Uh, for the Boston Bruins. Really appreciate it. And to all our listeners out there, thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed what you listened to. Please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. All right. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You name it. We are there. I'm doing it backwards stage. I feel like doing it backwards today. I mean, All right. Alex, so, where, else, where, where else can you get Jets Patriots coverage, uh, Bruins uh, controversy, and a sermon? Where else? Where else are you getting that? Besides here. Nick Jets, et cetera, baby. Only where here. And, and if you're listening to Nick Jets, et cetera, you also know what you got to do. You got to make sure you download this and subscribe on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitch, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. You can also find this podcast on the Jet Press or the Daily Mix because we are partnered with Fansided and Minute Media. We also got that YouTube page. Nick's comma, Jet's comma, ETC period. No one writes out, etc. That shit's wild. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. We watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinions. And we also got another podcast to check out, which is also partnering with Minute Media. Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg and our guy and coach Chip Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. It's NFL season, college football season. These guys are on it. World Cup Greg season, struggled. baby. World oh, Cup yeah. season. World Cup season. So make sure to go check these guys out if you like sports betting. And if you like putting money down the line. Make sure to do so responsibly. Thank you all for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Nick Shets, Etc. podcast. We out.